All right, well, I'm ready to, to get into this tonight. I want you to grab your Bible. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 1. All right, y'all ready? All right, I want you to open up your hearts, your minds. Um, matter of fact, just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me tonight. When you come to the house of the Lord, you are not coming out of ritual or routine. You're not here because it's just time to do church. We're not just punching our church card tonight. This is not your nine to five. This is a moment to fellowship with God. And this is a moment to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so it is imperative that when we come, we are postured correctly, the right way. Amen, somebody? It doesn't matter where you're at in your life. It doesn't matter what you've done, what you're doing, what's happening, what's not happening. None of that matters. Right now is a time of divine interruption. This is where God can get involved and begin to speak to you in a way that is going to bring clarity, it's going to bring um, influence, it's going to bring revelation, all of these things. And so we have to open up our hearts as we begin to dive into the word of the Lord. This is not just a common book. Um, This is many books that have been inspired by the Holy Spirit through several authors throughout thousands of years. And so they are talking about the same thing. Why? Because they experienced the same love generationally. And so we're going to hear from the Holy Spirit tonight. So, amen. I want you to write this down in your notes. I'm not going to be too long, but I want to get this to you. Knowing your season. Tonight, I want to talk about knowing your season. This is very insightful. Um, It is so imperative for us to come to terms with the season that we are in. You're not in my season and I'm not in your season. The Holy Spirit is extremely intentional. He's intentional about you. He's intentional about me. You have to understand that the season you're in is automatically going to make you awkward to other people. It's not that you don't love them. It's just in this season, God is doing something so unique in your heart. Sometimes he will cause you to be so focused on what he has got you in that you're not going to have common ground with people you used to have common ground with. Who you fellowship says a lot about your discernment. Who you fellowship with, what you fellowship, says a lot about your discernment. It says a lot about how you see what God is doing in your life. I talked with, I love going to the gym because it's my, it's, my, uh, it's my mission field, man. I love talking to people at the gym because they, first of all, I don't walk, talk, act, look, nothing like a pastor. Thank God. Thank God. And if I do, I'm going to get another tattoo to disguise it. Because I can't reach people like that. People don't open, when when they know you're a pastor, they start behaving. I can't help you if you behave. You don't have to pretend around real. If you cuss, cuss. If you smoke, smoke. Just be you so that when God does real in your life, it's really a change. Amen, somebody. Be you. It's not that we endorse that. But once you experience Christ, the Holy Spirit will start working on that. The church is the only entity. It's the only organization 
that tries to clean the fish before we catch it. Absolutely absurd. People say, well, come as you are, just don't stay as you are. You don't have the right to tell them that. I'm telling you to come as you are and stay as you are until God begins to change who you are. I'm not going to put legalism and rules on you to change because your timeline to change is much different than mine. If our wounds aren't measured the same, our growth can't be. You'll never reach a people that disgust you. I'm, I'm teaching. I better get in the Bible so you all think I'm preaching. We already in there. But it's so imperative that you know your season, y'all. Because your season is determined by the Holy Spirit. And he's got you in a season that if you do not understand that season, you are going to mismanage it. And it is going to cause nothing but weariness. Weariness. Heaviness. Depression is a sign you're not in your season. That means you're behind your season. Anxiety is a sign you're ahead of your season. Prophetic ministry is not our escape from our present. It's a glimpse of where we're going, but it's speaking to us where we're at. God will show you a thing that you're to become... But it's never, your destiny always has speed limits. You always got speed limits on your destiny. God never shows you a thing so you can rush through your process. When God shows you a thing, it doesn't mean speed up. It just means stay aligned. Stay on the course. God's got you on. I don't like this course. He never asked you about that. Healing hurts. Because it's necessary to have confrontation and healing. You'll never heal what you cannot confront. Nobody likes to look at the ugly side of us, man. But trust me when I tell you. There's some ugly in all of us. And you have to confront it not by looking at yourself through your own view. When scripture says no, no man after the flesh, that means you too. You change by not knowing you after the Adam. But knowing you after the Christ. There's only two men in the Bible. Adam, the fallen nature, and Adam, the resurrected king. Christ, the last Adam, Scripture calls him. And it's very imperative that you identify yourself through the work that the Holy Spirit, through the identity that he's speaking over your life. It feels awkward when you're in a season of failure and he wakes you up calling you victory. (laughs) We often think God feels about us what we feel about ourselves. But he didn't have a bad bad night last night. He's still persuaded on what he's called you to be. (laughs) 
It's so hard for us to get to know the side of us that God is trying to introduce us to. Man. Amen or ouch? No, it's both. Okay. Everybody say, knowing the season. Y'all ready? You know what hell is? If you really think about it, I'm not talking doctrine here. Health is typically truth seen too late. Often the hell that we experience is when we see the truth that God's trying to give to us too late and out of season. God's trying to show us a thing. We're blind to what he's trying to show us. This is one of the reasons when Jesus was betrayed in the garden. He was betrayed in the garden and all of a sudden he gets ready to to endure the cross. That's the whole purpose of him coming. It was a suicide mission. He said, no man take my life. He lays it down. Come on now. He lays it down. He knew this was the purpose of his life. Everything he taught was good, but none of it mattered if he didn't endure the cross. Because if he never got up, we don't have any resurrection power. And so what happens is, he's in the garden, he knows what this weekend is bringing. This is the last weekend I have. And all of a sudden, the first thing that happens is Peter jumps up out of loyalty and begins to slice the ear off of the the, the priest. No wonder. Why would he slice the ear off? Because most of us go through without ever hearing the lesson that God has put within the situation we're walking through. Some of us have been going through seasons after seasons, cycles after cycles with your hearing cut off. That's why you're doing circles. Because you ain't getting it. And God's trying to say, man, listen to what I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to get you a truth to show you something that is going to cause you to to become reborn in a way to where you are not even going to recognize yourself no more because I'm doing a work. But you can't cut your hearing off while going through. When you go through it, it's imperative that you have a hearing ear, an awakened heart, a seeing eye, that you are, you are in tune with what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach you. Don't waste a good trial by just having pain. Woo. So let's, let's get into this here, man. You know, I, I, because we're talking about seasons, man. Seasons make us awkward. Think about meeting Noah. Timing is important, y'all. If you met Noah after the flood, he's a visionary. But if you meet him before the flood, he's a lunatic. What you talking about? You building what? God's going to do what? They're going to flood the earth. What? What's going on? Sin, rebellion. What are you talking about, man? Oh, yeah, he needs more wood. He keeps building that. Go go give him that. That's the loony over there, right? But after the flood, he's a visionary. Why? Timing. Seasons. (laughs) I wrote this down if you're taking notes. Grab your iPads or iPhones, and I'll wait for all you Android users. Listen, 
some things you cannot see, some truth you cannot see where you are. And we hold hostage, we hold hostage God. This is some deep thinking here tonight. We'll hold God hostage because we don't see what he's doing. And God is trying to say that was never part of the deal. You don't have to see it. I'm calling you to trust me, not to figure it out. It's your trying to figure stuff out that's got you in this mess. You keep leaning to your own understanding, thinking you have all the knowledge it requires to fix stuff and to protect you. And, you, and, and some of you think you're so wise, you're just in survival mode. You're playing defense. You ain't got the ball. You ain't, you ain't playing offense yet. You ain't making any real moves. You're playing defense. You are keeping everything that feels like pain or feels like it's going to hurt you. All you're doing is standing guard like a watchdog, keeping it out. You're not really gaining any ground. You're not becoming what God has called you to be. You're in protective mode. Because your wounds are becoming your God. And we're so arrogant today. I'm just going to do me. You're not doing you. You're doing what the pain's telling you to do. You're not doing you. You have become a byproduct of the stuff you've went through and you don't even see it. We're typically the last person to see it. Whew. This okay? We're going to get through this one? Everybody put this down. Seasons will put a demand on what we fellowship with. When you know your seasons, and Pastor, how do I know my seasons? The Holy Spirit. He has a part to play in all of this. He will tell you what season you're in. And those seasons will shift constantly as you begin to grow in the kingdom. It'll shift constantly as you begin to grow in the kingdom. You need to know what your season is, and that's going to determine what you fellowship with. If you're trying to fellowship with something from an old season... Have you ever fellowship with somebody it used to be a blast, then the next season you try to do it again and it didn't feel the same? They're not assigned to the new season. Doesn't mean that there's love loss. It's just you're not to fellowship with that right now. When God is doing a new thing in you, he's trying to introduce you to new things. Some of us get stuck in familiarity and it's keeping us bound. It doesn't have to be a sin issue, guys. It doesn't have to be a sin. There's people that's walking with God that they're not in your new season. They're not in that season. It doesn't mean that you don't that you ignore them and you don't pick up calls. And, and, be, and I'm not telling you to be fake, but you have to realize you are going to become what you fellowship with. What you fellowship with is imperative because it is shaping your affections. Right? Come on, somebody. So it, this, this is really, really important to, to understand. I want you to really write that down. Remember this. Seasons will put a demand on what you fellowship with. Let's go to Genesis 1. We're going to get into the Bible here for a second. And I'm not going to be too long here. Genesis 1, and we're going to read down here through. We're going to go to verse 14. Let's, let's read, Pastor Tim. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Uh-huh. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Read it again, P.T. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. 
and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And this is in Genesis what? 1.14. Was man created here? No. Which means God created seasons before man. Seasons are older than us. I need you to get this. Seasons come first, guys. This is important. So there's laws to the kingdom. Everybody wants favor. Nobody wants principles. And, 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 and this is very, very important. Come on now. We use God like Santa Claus. God, I'm sick. Bail me out. I need a miracle. God said, I told you to clean your diet up three years ago. I want to heal you, but I also put in principle you reap what you sow. I, see, we need, to, we need to understand the Holy Spirit's trying to lead us. He's trying to lead us. His role in your life is to be in front of you. But we're using God. We want God to have our back. Which means you're leading you. The Holy Spirit wants us to to trust his leading. I believe God's divine intervention comes through wisdom before it ever comes to a miracle. Church don't want to hear that stuff. Why? Because we want to do us. But don't use what's got you where you're at. Trust in the Holy Spirit is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Man, y'all with me? Go to Proverbs 20, verse 4 here. Thanks, Chris. Ooh. Ooh. I like that word, sluggard. Let's look at somebody say sluggard. Makes you feel sluggard. I'm going to call my brother tomorrow and say, you're a sluggard. It's a good word to put in your vocabulary. The sluggard does not what? Plow after the autumn. So he begs (laughs) during the harvest and has nothing. I want you to get this. There's so much revelation here. The sluggard doesn't plow, one version will say, in season. So he ends up begging during harvest time. Now, sluggard. Everybody say sluggard. Don't you love that word? Man, come on. Sluggard? I'm I'm, I'm adding that one. A sluggard is not lazy people. Somebody who is a sluggard is not a lazy person. It didn't say that, it says the sluggard does not plow at the right hour. It's not saying the sluggard isn't plowing. It's saying he's plowing out of season. There's work ethic there. There's just not discernment. Woo! Some of us are weary not because we're lazy. You're working the wrong work out of season. You don't know your season and you're still trying to make everything happen. It's not your season to make it happen that way. Because you don't discern your season that you're in, you will stay busy never becoming. Because you don't know your season. When God says rest, rest, that doesn't mean a lack of work. It means a position of trust. Well, the doors ain't opening. That's because God ain't opening them. He's trying to develop you in secret. You're not ready for the public yet. You think you're ready. That's only because you're doing good without pressure. 
God is developing you to a point to where he is starting to build you to where you will be able to handle pressure. And when he feels it's ready, the doors open. You don't have to beg nobody for that. God will open doors no man can shut. But he only promotes us when he knows we're ready and there is no trick in him. You can't talk your way into this blessing. You have to live the things that God is telling you to live. Never get mad at your harvest. Get mad at your discernment. Your harvest is always, always the result of what you stewarded in the season that you was in. Woo! The sluggard isn't lazy. He just don't know the season. It didn't say he doesn't use the plow. It just says the slugger does not plow in season. Doing all the work. Staying busy, but not connected to purpose. Somebody that is doing in season, that knows their season, will accomplish more with smaller amounts of work. What is your season? I'm called to preach. Are you? But what, what is your season though? Right now may be school season for you. It ain't Mike season yet. You're not ready for this yet. Why? Because God's got you in this season. I'm called to start a business. Great. Praise God. That's prophetic giving. He's letting you see a glimpse of what you could become. If... You start understanding the way business works. I'm called to go to the nation. I'm called to start a business. I'm, I'm going to be the next Oprah. Good, 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 good. How are you managing your finances? Do you think Oprah's rich just because she's on TV? You're blind. You think they're rich just because they're known? You're blind. They know how to steward. They know the principles that make that happen. There's disciplines there. There's private battles that have been won. Nights that have been stewarded correctly. You see the glory, but don't know the story. I, I, I was telling the church, I think was it was last week when Bishop Jakes, someone said, give me that double portion. He said, good. God, give them lonely nights. Let them cry until there's no tears left. Let them experience the deepest, darkest parts of depression. What would you talk about, Bishop? You asked for a double portion. I'm going to tell you how I got what I got. I had to go through this stuff you call hell. These seasons that we're called to are everything to your growth. And when God shows you your season, you'll say, well, I don't know my season. Have you asked the Holy Spirit? It's amazing how we walk willingly in ignorance. Pastor, tell me my season. It's not my job to say that. The Holy Spirit is the key to everything. The church has stopped teaching on the Holy Spirit. 
He is everything to the believer. We are not walking in power without a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Someone say, I got to teach on worship. I don't teach on worship. Teach on the Spirit. The byproduct of a relationship with the Holy Spirit is worship. I don't, if I teach on worship, I'm going to, all I'm doing is training you like the circus. I don't want you raising your hands because that's the point in service where we raise our hands. That's not how this works. Listen, those who are forgiven much love much. When you recognize that what's happening in your heart is divinely from the Holy Spirit, your natural response is worship. You don't have to create worshipers. You create believers. And worship's a byproduct. Woo! Pastor's coming to me, man. How do you guys get to worship so awesome there? Well, number one, the pastor's a worshiper. It's amazing how pastors want worshiping churches and they don't even come out there and worship. <laughs> what? I've, I've been places preaching, sitting back there and bishop, whoever it is, and they just, they just talking and talking and talking. I'm like, man, hey, I got to preach, right? Yeah. I need to be in the worship. I need to feel the vein of what God's doing in the service. Like, I'm glad that we're golfing tomorrow. <laughs> what are we doing? What's, what's God saying in the service? I need to be in the worship. I'm not that guy that just comes out of the office talking about carnal stuff and then just grab the mic and dive in. I want to be in the presence of God. Come on now. So this is, this is important, knowing your season. Put this down. If you, you're taking notes. I want to go to Ecclesiastes 3. Woo-wee. See, weariness, and before we get there, weariness, guys, is a byproduct of busyness not aligned to your season. It's crazy that when you're in the season you're supposed to be in, you can bear the world and it not cause weariness. It's crazy when you are called to it. There is a supernatural strength that comes as a helpmate. It comes. The load that you're lifting is not in your own strength. It's in the Holy Spirit. So let's read here. Watch this. Ecclesiastes. There is an appointed time for everything. And there is a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. Look at that. A time to plant. A time to give birth. Premature birth may help the mother. Because she's miserable. But it hurts the baby. The baby's designed for a season to be within. When it's born too early, it causes complications. Why? Because there is development that happens within. It may be miserable for the mother sometimes, because I, come on, ladies. I mean, y'all, I, I, bellies, you can't sit, your back hurts. I went through it too with, with my wife. Appetite changes. Oh, does it change? Can't get comfortable. Keep buying all kinds of... Shawnee had bought this... Uh, I, where is it? First of all, where is that thing at? I loved it. 
I know it wasn't for me, but I, I loved it. You didn't want it no more. We bought it, and it's this long body pillow, y'all. That thing was, that thing was God, man. Listen, I, oh, man, I'm getting tired right now. I'm sluggard. I'm telling you, I'm going to start using that word. Grabbing that pillow, because she bought it, and it was supposed to be to make her comfortable. She didn't end up using it. You didn't use that one time, did you? Big old long thing. Couple times, right? It wasn't. It was meant for me. And then it just disappears. My wife is the queen at throwing stuff away without me knowing. And it makes miserable though because she couldn't get comfortable. It didn't matter what she bought, what she, you know, how many mamas in here. You know what I'm talking about. It's miserable going through that because you got life growing from within. Something divine is happening within. And it's miserable for a season. But if you do not endure the season, what you're producing will be very limited. You have to, it's the same thing in the spirit realm. If you do not endure the season, well, this season is just, it feels very heavy. Maybe that is the season. God's trying, the Bible says he'll never put more on you than you can bear, but maybe that is not a good thing. Maybe the reason you're not accomplishing much is because you can't lift much. Maybe God's trying to get your spiritual muscles up because leaders bear stuff. You know how many times I've had to preach while going through stuff? How many remember when I broke my leg and I was preaching to y'all like this? I'm, I'm not missing church. I preached to y'all like, I had a cast on y'all. Y'all, anybody remember that? Man, somebody say, man, I was struggling for Jesus. Cast on, broke my leg. I'm up there preaching, preaching. There was one time, I'm not even going to get in that. Just trust me, I've endured some seasons that don't feel good. (laughs) But it's so imperative that we understand that if we do not walk through the necessary design, that God has, you are going to produce a limited destiny. You have to go through it. If it's hard, it may be what you're called to. It's maybe God's way of getting you to grow up. Some of us have been in church, but we have not been in Christ. Some of us are faithful in our membership, but not faithful in the spirit realm. God's trying to grow the body up. How do you know you're immature in the spirit? Correction offends you. You can tell a lot by the maturity of a believer by the way they endure correction. Paul did not say teach sound doctrine. He said endure it. Enduring sound doctrine is much different than just teaching it. Enduring sound doctrine means that God has put principles and boundaries in your life to keep you within a framework that, that, that you don't hurt yourself and sabotage what God is trying to do in your life. So he'll put you in, and it's called doctrine. He wants you in that box right now. Why? Because if he takes that box out, you're going to mess up what he's trying to do in your life. Come on. We need boundaries. And so there's a lot here. So let's, let's get in this, and I'm, I'm going to wrap this up, but I I want to get this. Y'all with me here still? Okay, Ecclesiastes 3. Watch this. Time to... A time to give birth and a time to die. Yeah. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. 
A time to weep and a time to laugh. Y'all catch it? A time to tear down and then a time to build up. And it's all edifying. It's still edification. Just because something tears you down don't mean it's not building you. Continue. Watch this next one. A time to weep and a time to laugh. Oh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Come on. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. Right there. Look at that. One version says oft, uh, the one version says a time to seek and then a time to lose. And I put this down if you're taking notes. Often we are uh, often what we are seeking comes through what we've lost. You would think that the opposite of seeking would be what? Finding. But that's not what it said. He said there's a time to seek and then a time to lose. (laughs) What if seeking and losing is working together to prepare you? What if what's stopping you from finding the thing God wants you to find is your inability to let go of something? What if a season of you losing is required in order for you to have a season of finding? Why? Because God can't give you a new thing until there's space there for it to operate. And you got too much stuff from the old season, still you're, you're still playing with it. God said, I can't give you nothing new. There's little space left. You still got all this stuff. You are spiritually hoarding everything. God said, you need to go through a season of losing. We don't want to talk about that stuff, though. But there's a time for it. And if you keep going all the way down, one of the verses says, in God's timing, all things are made beautiful. Even losing is made beautiful. If it's in the right season. Listen, being stripped by the Holy Spirit is not fun. But I'm telling you, it will make you more authentic than you've ever been. It'll make you more authentic than you. And you will find out. Truly where your heart is. Man, this good word tonight. I can feel this thing digging. Seasons are not governed by calendars. They're governed by obedience. You'd never graduate a season because of a clock. Graduate a season because of obedience. It's not how many sermons you hear that graduates you. It's what you're walking out that does. Seasons. Knowing when, when I love the, the, the ministry of Cana. The first miracle of Jesus, which I don't know where we got that. That's not biblical. First miracle he did was turn water into wine. Apparently not, because why? Jesus shows up to the wedding. Mary the, is there, the, the, the mother. They run out of wine. Now you say, well, that ain't no problem. That's a huge problem. Especially in the Jewish community. Having wine that overflows in the Jewish community was a sign of wealth and stewardship to the Jewish community. And... They ran out of wine, and Mary says this. She says, uh, come here, son. <laughs> Jesus comes. She tells him the dilemma. 
And she points to the servants and she says, do whatever he tells you to do. Which tells me that could not have been his first miracle. He must have been doing some stuff at the crib, y'all. Because she knew that there was something special about this one. She would not have said do what he tells you to do if she ain't seen this before. It may be the first public miracle. But that's, that's not the first miracle. God will always test your gift in private. He will always test your gift in private. This was not the first time he turned water into wine. Come on, somebody. I don't know what he was doing at the house. But whatever God was doing with his gift, it wasn't for the public to see. If you can't go through a season to where what God's doing in you is for nobody else to see, you're not ready for God to do something while people can see it. If you, are, and if you do not get comfortable with serving in secret, if you are not comfortable with not all eyes being on you, you're not mature enough for the mantle of leadership yet. Because you will always abuse that mantle if it's all about you and how you look and how you walk and how people perceive you. You will always, ne- you will always be in a position where you will abuse your responsibility as a leader because it's still about you. We are developed in the dark, in the secret place, so that when God opens up a door, whoo, he opens up the door. He presents a leader that has been leading to his spirits. I don't need your amens. I welcome them, but I don't need them. You can sit there and be miserable all you want. I don't need your amen. Listen, I, I, I love Jesus. He didn't teach for amens. They may have ridiculed him publicly, but you better believe those Nicodemuses at night in John 3 come at night so nobody else can see him. Like he said, hey, psst. hey, man, I know I called you a crazy dude, you know, when Dave was around, you know, uh, but hey, what I got to do to be born again? He came to Jesus at night. Why? Because he was too arrogant for him to be seen asking things. The number one sign of a leader is their questions, not their dogmas. If if you're too big to ask questions, you're too small to lead. Just stand with me here tonight. I want you to discern your seasons. I don't need no plan tonight here. I'm doing that the last couple weeks for a reason. The reason I'm doing this is because I'm trying to break us of emotional attachments in our responses. Because you're in the altar right now. The front of the church is not an altar. Your heart is. I'm trying to break us of this church culture stuff that don't work. You can experience God in an altar. It doesn't make the front of the church the altar. The, the reason you experience him because you brought your heart with him when you came. Right? Not that I'm against coming to the, there'll be a time for that, a season for that. Right now, I'm trying to get you to see, I want this stuff to penetrate you right where you are. Because when you leave here, I want you to, I want you to pay attention to the work of the Holy Spirit that's in your heart. I sense tonight that God, I don't even know who this is. There's a deep healing that God is trying to do inside of the heart of, it's a certain individual that I sense prophetically. And I feel like the Holy Spirit, by design, 
has got you here tonight. Specifically to open up your heart in such a way that you will allow this season to truly bring healing and wholeness. God isn't looking to medicate your symptoms. He's looking to give you wholeness. And some of the hardest changes that we'll make in our life are going to come by us trusting the Holy Spirit. Some things we've been through are so painful that we in our own strength can't look at it and face it. Because it hurts that bad. But the Holy Spirit has a way. The Holy Spirit has a way of getting us to see it through his eyes. There's healing that's coming to this body. It's healing that's coming to this body, to this body of believers tonight. This is a word that I believe is going to resonate with a lot of people. So right here, I want you just to bow your heads and just ask the Holy Spirit to help you discern your season. And as a result, to begin to steward your fellowship. The Holy Spirit's real. It's not just some mythical thing that we talk about. The Holy Spirit is real. And he wants to have a relationship with you at a deep level. So tonight, ask him, help me to discern my season. Don't be guilty of being busy out of season. It's not may, this may not be your season that you want, but it's a season you need. Whew. Stay in it. Don't get out. Stay in it. Don't get out. There's no exits here. Every time you pray for an exit, you might as well just say, God, help me stop growing. Every time you pray for an exit, you might as well just say, keep me wounded. Help us stay in our season. Help us to recognize the season we are called to. You see every victory. Promotion does not come from nowhere else but you. You see every victory. Thank you for being a loving father. Thank you for being a loving father. In Jesus' name. I just want you to do this also in closing. Right now, I want you to say this, those of you that mean this, God, help me to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Moses was in a wilderness with no direction and asked, Not for the way out of the wilderness. He said, Lord, teach me your ways. (laughs) He wasn't looking for directions. He was looking for nature. So, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you.